You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What's up, guys? This is the Talking the Star podcast. I'm your host, Connor Livesey. Joined by my co-host tonight, Dalton Miller. Cole Patterson not with us. Is he still sick from the Thanksgiving food slash the Cowboys losing another one on Thanksgiving? Um, we talked about a little bit about how the Cowboys hadn't played great on Thanksgiving the last few years and kind of got the same thing. So we're hoping maybe in 2022 the Cowboys Thanksgiving game will get turned around. But uh we're not going to spend a ton of time talking about that game because we're moving on to the New Orleans Saints. We're heading down to New Orleans to play the Saints, who are spiraling a little bit as well, and hoping to get back on track with the W in New Orleans. But before we get started, Dalton, how you doing? Um, I believe it's pronounced Nolens. Um, <laughs> I also want to congratulate them, I guess, on uh, Brian Kelly being an LSU Tiger now. You're congratulating the Saints or the New Orleans folks? No, the New Orleans folks. Like, I don't know if they're happy about this or not. I mean, they. I, I wouldn't uh, be, but. I wouldn't be, but <laughs> it, it seems like uh, they are. They, they certainly paid him enough. Uh, so I, I did want to give them a shout out and say, you know, congratulations if, if you feel that, that that is in order. Um, and if you're upset, I'm sorry. You know, <laughs> however you're feeling, I'm feeling the same way. Okay. All right. Sounds like you got some love for the the Louisiana folks. So I, we, you know, I'll, I guess I will join in on that. Congratulations to Brian Kelly. Um, no, no, LSU. no. We're not congratulating Brian oh. Kelly. Don't get me wrong here. Okay. We're congratulating <laughs> the school. We don't give a damn about Brian Kelly. All right. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. But um, all right. All right. Yeah, we're going to be in Brian Kelly's future home state. Um. Coming up here in a few days, Cowboys will take when you guys are listening to this, it'll be about 24 hours out. So we'll be a day away from kickoff uh, as the Cowboys will hopefully look back to get on track. It's been a it's been a rough month for the Cowboys. Um, it's been a rough November's always been a rough month for Mike McCarthy. I was listening to the About Them Cowboys podcast uh, today, driving around, uh, doing some work and it's John Machota brought it up that Mike McCarthy's November has always been rough, but his December and January have always been good. So we're hopefully out of the rough month of November for Mike McCarthy and the, the Cowboys and into that good month for Mike McCarthy and the Cowboys. So hopefully they can turn it around and start that, that good month of uh, December, get out of that ugly month of November. But um, obviously the saints have announced that they're switching quarterbacks. Taysom Hill's taken over uh, the quarterback. And that's kind of where I wanted to start. 
Most of the time, you'd probably cheer because we think Taysom Hill's a bad quarterback, but the Cowboys historically haven't been good at defending the, the read option running quarterbacks, mobile quarterbacks. So where are you at with Taysom Hill, and do you think that this is a good thing for the Cowboys or a, uh-oh, this could be a disaster? Man, I go back and forth with it because, like, obviously, <laughs> how, Trevor, sad is, how sad is that? <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, obviously, Trevor Simeon isn't going to offer all that much um, as a quarterback. But with, with Taysom, man, I mean, he gives you mo- much less as a passer than Trevor Simeon ever would. The issue is he adds a, a weapon in the rushing attack. And what what's really interesting to me is that right now he is going he has plantar fasciitis. Um, and that is bothering him right now. So he might end up even being limited from that. So in my opinion, if he's fully healthy or or healthy enough to be a weapon on the ground, then I'm a little bit worried because this is a team that has struggled against the run so far this year. Um, but if he's not super healthy and he's really has to just focus on being a quarterback as a passer, I'm not too worried about what we're going to see from Taysom Hill. Yeah, no, I'm uh, I'm kind of right there with you. I mean, I think this was a – we've kind of went back and forth with, like, where Micah Parsons plays per what game, and this was a linebacker Micah Parsons game, in my opinion, because I don't think, you know, you're going to get into too many situations where he's gonna, just going to be dropping back and shoving it down the field a whole lot. So, I, mean, I feel like you want his speed and physicality in that second level something that it's kind of lacked over the last few weeks as he's been rushing the passer so I'm kind of with you I think you might see the Cowboys play Micah Parsons more in that traditional linebacker role with DeMarcus Lawrence coming back using DeMarcus Lawrence and Dorrance Armstrong who are good uh, run defending defensive ends you know to kind of set the edge and have Micah Parsons and Keanu Neal and Leighton Van Der Esch who we haven't been super excited on um you know, maybe try to take away the run. And the next thing I want to talk about was Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram. They're back practicing on a limited basis and look like both of them should be back, but one of them for sure. Um, I mean, Kamara has been out the last few weeks with a knee sprain and then Mark Ingram missed last week's game. And he's, you know, kind of new into new Orleans is, is their running game something that worries you? Because I mean, their passing game hasn't been great since Jameis went out. Michael Thomas obviously been on IR. They haven't been great at receiver this year, but obviously Alvin Kamara, one of the better backs in the NFL, um, a guy who can catch the ball in the backfield and be dangerous on the ground. Where are you at with the threat of their running game? Is that something that worries you? Because the Cowboys haven't been terrible against run this year, but it's also been an issue uh, every once in a while when these they get into these games where teams kind of commit to the run. Oh, yeah. And I mean, especially against a a mobile quarterback, it becomes even more uh, of a worry for me. Um, But the biggest worry isn't even the the Saints rushing attack, because so far this year, they've not just been bad at it. They've been an awful running football team. And that is with a healthy Alvin Kamara. They were not able to run the football and they were running the ball a lot. Even when Jameis Winston was around and healthy, Um, I, I believe that Sean Payton a little bit was getting back into his shell. Um, and trying to hide Jameis or, or trying to hide the mistakes that Jameis may make or or has a, a tendency to make as a quarterback. So I'm not too worried about the rushing attack in itself um, outside of, you know, Taysom Hill being able to run the ball. But what I am uh, upset about or worried about is this linebacker play for the Dallas Cowboys because it's atrocious. Um, <laughs> I, I, I honestly believe at this point, 
LVE is playing worse than Jalen was. I mean, yeah, I agree. That's how bad he's been, man. And I, listen, I don't know what happened. I don't know if the neck injury <laughs> made it so he wasn't able to, to really work out anymore or, or what it is, but he doesn't look as quick. He doesn't look as big and he looks awful at contact, man. Um, so I mean, it, can, it, that's, but, 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 but like, I hear what you're saying. Cause obviously the neck injury has been something that's kind of like followed him around his career, but I mean, you're playing football on Sundays so you I mean you can't tell me you can't run some laps or lit, you know do some sort of working out to where it's like you don't I mean he looks somebody said it on the radio or podcast but like he looks like he's playing football in the 1980s like the way he moves and the way he yeah, reacts and like he looks old like with and it looks even it looks even worse with the with the cowboy collar for yeah, sure <laughs> yeah um so yeah no that, I mean that's partially my issue now that's like you said getting Micah back at linebacker a little bit right? and getting the Marcus Lawrence um, back is massive for the rushing attack or for run defense. Um, and if they're going to be a run heavy team, you're right. They are going to play a lot of Dorrance Armstrong. And then you at least have guys that can run at the position in Keanu Neal and Micah Parsons. And I think we'll still right. see a bunch of Micah on the edge, um, especially on, on obvious passing downs. He should right. obviously be rushing the passer because Taysom Hill holds the ball longer than any quarterback in the history of the NFL. I swear to you, <laughs> he cannot make a decision to throw the football to save his life. And he may actually die with Michael Parsons rushing oh uh, from his blind side. Um, so no, I mean, they, they have a really good offensive line overall. Um, I don't know really what their issue is running the ball, except for they just do it too much and teams are kind of stacking the box against them. Um, but I, I do really, truly believe that with Micah back at linebacker a little bit with the Marcus Lawrence back, I think we do start to see what this defense can really be because it was for a long time. It was top five in EPA per play. It was top five in DVOA that kind of went and took a back seat this past week, but they can be, I mean, a Super Bowl caliber pass rushing unit in, in the playoffs. I mean, and that's literally, that's what they can be. And they already had good, um, positive production against the pass so far this year. I know that we get upset because we see touchdown passes and, and pass interference against Anthony Brown. Um, we've seen Diggs get beat a couple times as well, but at the end of the day, man, this has been a, a really good defense already. That could be even better. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I think this is a week we kind of, you know, danced around a little bit and we haven't really like said it yet, but I mean, I feel like this is a week that you're just you're going up to the line of scrimmage every time with eight, nine men in the box. You know, I mean, maybe not nine because that would get a little crazy, but you're loading the boxes as, as much as you can. And just I mean, you have to force Taysom Hill to beat you with his arm. And I mean, again, you know, taking away all the pass interferences last week and the the balls that did get thrown, you know, right over Jordan Lewis's head or were completed on Anthony Brown. You're kind of you're you're thinking that. Anthony Brown and Jordan Lewis and Trayvon Diggs and DeMonte Kazee, Malik Cooker, J. Ron Curse, like you think those guys can handle their own uh, against the receiving core and quarterback, you know, matchup that the Saints have to deploy. So I just think it's a, a game you got to go in and just know you got to stop the run. You know, you got to, you know, force them to kind of beat you through the air and hope that your guys on the back end, you know, maybe Trayvon Diggs can get them another one because we know Taysom Hill isn't the most accurate quarterback of all time, like you said, and he seems to hold the ball a little bit longer than than normal. So, you know, you get some pressure, you force some erratic throws and maybe get a turnover or two and, and really just clog the run. I feel like you got a good chance to, to, you know, shut them down on offense. But the bad thing is, is the Cowboys offense hasn't been 
clicking on all cylinders in a while now. Um, you know, they did score 33 against Oakland, but it was it was a special teams help and a fourth quarter of finally kind of starting to figure it out before they kind of went back into that struggle bus hole that they'd been in um, in overtime against Oakland. But it's been a, or excuse me, Las Vegas, but it's been a uh, it's been a inconsistent year from this offense over the last month, month and a half, you know, starting with that Denver game. You know, they came back against Atlanta a couple weeks after that and looked great again, but then they kind of fall back down in that hole for three quarters against Las Vegas. What do you think this offense's funk is, and is it something that you think they can get out of, and where does it start? Yeah, man. I mean, I've uh, I've watched, uh, obviously, an outrageous amount of football this year, and just everybody is inconsistent this year so far, except for Arizona, who lost one game to the Packers where they didn't look quite right. And then they lost their quarterback, and that's the only other game that they've lost. So I think Arizona's been a really good football team so far this year, um, and I think that Kansas City's coming back. But, you know, every other team, even the Buffalo Bills, who I thought, you know, were the AFC favorites going into the season, um, have been inconsistent, really inconsistent on offense, and that's without a ton of injuries. So um, first of all, I just wanted to point out, guys, Cowboys fans, listen to me. I know that it may seem like it sucks, but – Everybody else sucks as well. All right. Just just wanted everybody to to know that up front. The issues are a bunch of things. Um, I mean, obviously, we could look at the the early early down runs, um, which are an issue, but they weren't an issue early in the season because they were able to run block and were getting good results uh, as a rushing attack. And they're just not running the ball well anymore. Um, Ezekiel Elliott is obviously banged up, but I really don't think he's even that much of an issue. I just think that they haven't been uh, blocking very well. I think teams have been coming up into the box and trying to take away the run because they know that Dak Prescott, Helen Moore, and this you know ragtag group of wide receivers isn't going to beat you because Kellen has kind of gotten into a shell. And there's a bunch of conspiracy theories about that. Um, obviously, <laughs> if you look on Twitter, um, one of my very good buddies is one of those guys that are peddling the conspiracy theories. I just think that Kellen wasn't comfortable really going out and trying to win games in the air with a Dak Prescott coming off of a, a, a calf strain and no receivers and a ragtag offensive line because for some reason we're just willy nilly throwing guys in and out wherever they want to. Um, So I I think there's a bunch of issues. The offensive line has been great. Dak Prescott has not played his best football. Ezekiel Elliott is banged up in the run of the ball too damn much. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between so you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. 
Do more with Viator. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to the Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. My conspiracy theory, which since we're, we're talking about some crazy things, is that this team has figured out, okay, we're not going to get the number one seed. They figured it out a couple weeks ago, and they were like, screw it. You know what? When we play these AFC opponents that really aren't going to hurt our chances of making the playoffs, we're not going to put anything out on tape. We're not going to – and this is, trust me, a crazy conspiracy theory. But when you look at how they – I mean, again, like Denver, uh, Kansas City – Las Vegas, they play like crap, and then they play an NFC team in the Falcons and blow them out, which obviously the Falcons aren't a great team, but I don't think we're sitting here considering Denver or Vegas that much better. Dude, I don't know what Denver is. They just absolutely dominated the Chargers, too. Well, I don't know what the Chargers are either because they seem to do that a lot. No, nobody it's does. Like, it's like I the think, Chargers come since, out one week and it's like. Yeah, I, I think since week five, they're dead last in EPA per play on dropbacks for their defense. Like they just their defense just fell apart. Right. The Chargers, that is. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's just like I almost wonder if that does have something to do with it, though. If they're like, look, these AFC teams, it's not going to matter in us getting in the playoffs. You know, we feel like. Like, I wish they didn't think this way, but I almost kind of feel like we think the NFC East is wrapped up, even though I'm not quite there yet, because, you know, you got a Giants pulling out an NFC East win, the Washington football team beats the Seahawks, so it's just like, they're only a couple games back, even though you feel like the Cowboys are the far and ahead away, the best team in the NFC East, but I just... I don't know what it, I, like, I can't, like you said, like, there's no real answer, but it's like, they play Atlanta, they look great, they play all those AFC teams before and after and look awful, well, not awful, but, I mean, the the Vegas game wasn't, for three quarters, you were like, this sucks, and then they started opening up the offense, they started attacking down the field, they started playing some tempo, they went away from the run, and it looked like the Cowboys, and it's just like, why... Like you kind of saying with Moore, is it like, is he getting in the shell where it's just kind of like, man, I think that's also partially a a thing where defenses just kind of poo themselves uh, late in games. They get into this prevent mode in these, these times and they just allow things to happen like Washington's defense that didn't allow the Seattle Seahawks to do anything and then just open the doors for him on that final drive. But like just, the, the throws to Gallup down the field in the fourth quarter that they started to hit, like that wasn't prevent defense. Like that was man coverage, the safety over the top and just perfect. Yeah. 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 No, I, 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 I just I can't like, there's nothing, there's no finger to put on it. There's no, like, I, I just like think my, my when, biggest, my biggest thing is they went away from the run. They went from running on early day. Like I broke it down quarter to quarter, which I don't have the numbers in front of me, but like they ran, more than they passed on first downs in the first, second, and third quarter. And then the first down runs in the fourth quarter were like one to 10 pass. And it was just like, they went away from it. They started opening up the offense. They started putting the ball in Dak's hands. And 
And and even in the first half, I, I think they ended up running the ball in first down ten times to six. And yeah, um, I mean Dak almost had a one hundred percent series success rate when they threw the ball in first down, and right. they were punt they were they were punting the ball half the time when they ran on first down. So if right. they ran the ball in first down, sometimes they would get a first down, sometimes they wouldn't. When they passed the ball in first down, they got a first down on that series. And, it, and it's like. I think that's the answer is getting back to the offense where it's like, we're not trying to get to third down. We're trying to get to first down as quick as possible. Like we don't even want to get the second down because they're having so much, whether you want to call it shitty luck, whether you want to call it bad execution, bad play design, bad play, whatever it is, like we can go up and down the list. Like we've had it to where they've dropped passes on third down. We've had it to where they've taken sacks on third down. We've had it to where guys forget to block a guy on third down. We've had it to where Cedric Wilson doesn't look for the ball. So it's just like third down has been a bad luck down for the Dallas Cowboys over the last month. And I think avoiding that down is the easiest answer to the offense's miscues right now. And again, that's easier said than done. Don't get me wrong. But when you're running it for two and a half to three yards a pop, pretty much, Every time you hand the ball off, you're asking to get in a second long. And then if you don't pick up seven, eight yards, then you're in third and two, third and three, which again, that's for a while. We thought that was a given first down for this team, but it's just been a mixture of bad luck, poor execution, whether it's dropping passes, you know, missing guys like he didn't, we did in overtime. Like it's just been a series of things. It's just, it's changed every week. It's been quarterback not playing well, the receiver's not playing well, the play caller not playing well, the offense line not playing well, and it's just like, you got to avoid getting in a third down. Whether it's third and short, third and long, whatever it is, you got to stay out of that down right now until you get out of that funk. I think that's the biggest thing for me is just being more aggressive on first and second down and staying away from those third downs as much as possible. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree with you. So, I want to talk a little bit about We've, you know, Zeke's obviously banged up. He's they they say he's going to play. They say he's going to have a big workload. That's what Jerry said on the radio uh, today, which is Tuesday. This comes out on Wednesday, so we're always a day behind. But the Saints starting off the year did stop the run better than anybody in the league, and they've been a little bit more. They've been a, been a little bit less successful stopping the run on defense over the last few weeks, and they have been. I mean, again, I know my answer to this is. I still don't want to run the ball a whole lot, but they, they well, have yeah, been. And we have to, we have to look at that with a little bit of a grain of salt because they played two teams with really right. mobile quarterbacks that are willing to actually run their quarterback. Unlike Dak Prescott. Right. And I guess my, my biggest thing here is, is like, this is a perfect week to sit Zeke in my opinion. Cause I don't think you should be going up, lining up and running the ball a ton anyways, because they've been good at stopping the run. So let the guy, which they obviously haven't, so we're kind of late getting to this, but like this would have been a perfect week, I think, to leave him out of practice for a week, you know, go into this game with Tony Pollard, Corey Clement, and maybe you, I don't know if the, who they have on their practice squad as a running back or Nick Ralston, whoever that is, you know, just go into those two or three running backs and really just shut him down for a week and get him ready. You know, they have 10 days until their next game after this Thursday game. Um, but I guess my question to you is, is the Saints have been good at stopping the run, but they've also been bad about giving up explosive runs a lot. Of, they've given up a ton of 10 plus yard runs this year, um, even though they've been good at stopping the run. When they do break them, they seem to break them pretty big. Everything bodes well for a big Tony Pollard game. 
do you think that we get that or do you think they really stick to Jerry's words today and really try to feed Ezekiel Elliott for most of this game? No shot. There's just no shot. I mean, they, they <laughs> wouldn't, they wouldn't actually go and run their head into a brick wall over and over again for no reason, because that's what they would be doing. Um, and, and this is honestly, this is what worries me the most about this football game. The New Orleans Saints run a ton of two high looks pre-snap. Dak Prescott is going to be six guys in the box against six offensive linemen, and he's going to want to check to a run on early downs. So it's not just going to be Jerry or Steven or whoever's making the call from up top. This is the conspiracy theory that they want to run the ball more, and that's how they want to win. Um, or that they saw what happened in Minnesota, and that's the way that they want to win, not just they want to win. Um, they're going to see too high, and they're going to run the ball, and it's not going to go well. And Dak Prescott and everybody's going to look around and be like, well, we have the numbers. Why is it not working? Um, it's because their cornerbacks and their safeties are really, really, really physical and really, really, really athletic. So even off of the edge as the seventh guy who's out of the box, they are so gap sound on the defensive line. Their linebackers, all three of them between Quan Alexander, Demario Davis, I mean, and Pete Warner are all good. I mean, Demario Davis is an absolute stud. Watch yeah. him at just flat out face guard Dalton Schultz this week. Um, <laughs> But you 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 you're not going to run well against them. If you do, it means that your offensive line magically turned around and oh, you have that guy playing right tackle now that is really really a good run blocker. Um, so that's that's where I am with that man. Like I I hope they're able to run the ball, but I don't expect them to because the guys on the opposite side get paid a lot of money to be really good at stopping the run. I just like I mean again like everybody who listens to this show weekly or whenever they listen like they know we're not big run the ball guys but like i'm even okay with them running it but like they're not we you talked about it a lot i think it was last year even or beginning off season like the creativity in the runs just isn't there like a lot of their runs are just right off and and that's that's (laughs) something that i really really don't like and they've always been a power team when it comes to the run game um, I say power. They they run a ton of zone as well. Um, but you know, for me, it, it's just we haven't seen the physicality up front since the beginning of the year, and that's just it is what it is. Uh, and when you're not able to do that, you're just not able to run the ball consistently. That is when a guy like Tony Pollard can really pop off because yeah, you know, even though he's getting two three yards per pop, and it's not going well, sometimes they will have a two yard loss. Tony Pollard's going to pop one for 20 and 25. Zeke probably won't. And that's nothing against Zeke, especially now. Zeke is incredibly banged up right now. It's obvious when you put on the tape, he is not the same guy that he was in week one, two, three, and four. Not even close. So why are we running him into a brick wall? Why aren't we trying to do what we should be doing with Ezekiel Elliott and is saving his body for the playoffs when you really need to have a consistent rushing attack to be good? Well, I, I'm not sure. I mean, like I said, it's just we've kind of touched on it. We can't really put our finger on it. But like, why is because, again, we talked about it a lot. The third, first three, four weeks of the year when the, the Cowboys were rolling is it was like they were using that short, quick passing game and substitute to the first down runs. It was, you know, Schultz for six. It was Amari for seven. You know, like that's the way they were 
starting the the drives on first and second downs and it's just like we went from that over the first couple few weeks of the season back to Zeke for two Pollard for three Zeke for one and it's just like what I mean what changed from week six to week 13 I just that's that's the biggest mystery of this team right now yeah I don't think I don't think it's you know I don't think it's the you know, I mean, the quarterback's not playing at the elite level that he was the first six weeks of the season, but I feel like that's in part because the receivers are banged up. The offensive line's been a turn. You know, they've been moving guys in and out. You know, the play calling has, and I think that's the big thing. It's like, I'm not here to sit here and blame the Cowboys' struggles last month on Kellen Moore, uh, you know, solely, but like, there's there's an obvious change in the game plan. Like, I, I think it's, Without even turning on the coach's film, I think you can see it. You can see the stop. You know, there's more stop routes now than we've ever seen in the first month of the year. They're running the ball in first down more than they were. They they went away from using the, you know, quick short passing game on early downs in place of that run game, and they're going back to the run game. And it's just, I I don't know what why why it changed, what changed, and we talked about the conspiracy theories, whatever it is. It's just like. I don't know what it is, but that that's this team's issue right now is the first and second down play calling slash ex- execution slash the injuries aren't helping any of that. I get it, but it's just, I mean, again, it's, it's, it's concerning. I think at this point, cause you're, you're, you're on a month long spree right now, them not showing any, you know, willingness to change. Um, and like me and Cole kind of talked about it last week, like, Obviously, the Cowboys beat the crap out of the Falcons a couple weeks ago, but like they needed a fourth down conversion on those that first drive to you know score a touchdown. So like they started off kind of slow, doing the same same thing. They obviously got a fourth down conversion, and then that was you know the end of it. But I just I, I want them to come out and you know start fast and show okay you know what we we were playing stubborn football for a month and now we're done. And and whether it's because they didn't trust Terrence Steele or the receivers were hurt or whatever that is, I think they need to come out this week and just put it to rest against a, you know, uh, I mean, again, I'm not going to say that the Saints are a playoff team, but they're, I guess you can say, in the hunt still. And I think it'd be a good a good week to prove it, even though we've been saying that for about a month now. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. Greg Zerline, I want to close on that. Whatever. <laughs> I mean... Kickers don't issue, matter. Though. That's the way that I feel. I, I, Kickers don't matter. I, don't kick. Right. Just don't kick. Well, I agree. Just don't kick. And also, it, like, why are, why are we trying to kick from 59 well, there? That's our coach that we've been talking about for a year who is inconsistent in his decision-making, and we've been talking about it all season when you know people would get mad at us when we'd bring it up on the podcast that, hey, these are issues that are going to come up and hurt you later in the year, and people got mad at us for bringing it up when they're running games, but they're obviously seeing now that it can but again, like as much as I am with you, as far as like kickers don't matter, like if Zerline makes an extra point, and makes that field goal last week, you, you win a football game, you know, that's maybe, yeah. I mean, obviously. Yeah. So I, I don't know. It's just, there's so many, I guess to wrap things up, like for me, the 2021 Cowboys football season so far at week 13, it hasn't been disappointing it hasn't been as exciting as we had hoped it for through 13 you know weeks after how they started but just inconsistent the play calling the execution the the I, so far you can say the quarterback's play has been a little inconsistent the the defenses you know one week the defense shows up looks great the next week it shows up and gets torched by Derek Carr and the referees like 
feel like you could just there's nothing consistent about this team yet that makes you totally buy in you know a couple weeks ago we came on here and said that we thought that the Cowboys were the best team in the league and I just I can't get there after this last month because of the inconsistencies on offense defense special teams and the coaching and I think that like I said it'd be a good you know maybe it's that November funk that John Mishota brought up on about them Cowboys podcast today that November is just a bad month for Mike McCarthy and the teams he coached, but let's hope and let's see that if that's the case, they should come out on Thursday and, and beat the crap out of a, a Saints team that's not looking good on offense and has been, you know, giving up a lot of big plays on defense. So come out and get right and win a game on Thursday, get 10 days off, get healthy, hopefully get Randy Gregory back, get Neville Gallimore back before you run through this NFC East gauntlet. Yep. Let's do it. You got anything else? I do not. All right. Let's, uh, let's Cowboys play on my birthday on Thursday. It's, I turned 26 on Thursday. Um, so maybe I feel like everything I do regarding this team is bad luck. So I'm sure they'll get their brain stumped in on Thursday because it is my birthday. So I'd like to apologize to all the listeners and Cowboys fans out there that if they do lose, it's just because that was the day I was born. I apologize. But if they win, I think that's a that's a good sign that the the bad streak is is over for for my luck in this team, because we talked about it when I was in Dallas a couple weeks ago. Like whenever I go to a game, something crazy happens and uh, that streak's alive. So hopefully they'll end it uh, with a, with a birthday win. So wish me happy birthday too, please on Thursday. So I feel like you guys love me and don't always hate me. Oh yeah. Nobody hates you ever. Absolutely. Oh dude. I got like, I got like 70 new followers last night because I tweeted something about how the league's inconsistent on its penalty, you know, like suspending Tristan Hill yeah, yeah, type yeah. of thing. And I've, I felt so bad for all those people. Cause I was like, <laughs> you guys are going to be so bummed in, in like three days when, Something goes wrong, and I'm like, this team sucks, and then I'll just lose all of them. So, yeah, but that's, uh, how it that's goes, goes yeah. in waves. Yeah, I will soon delete my Twitter account. I promise it's gonna happen soon. I feel it. I feel it. 2022 is a year that I delete my Twitter account. You're on it way you're, less already, man. You might as well. I am, I am, I am. but uh, that's all the time we got for today. We got big one on Thursday, we got a little mini buy after that. We're getting some guys back off IR. Rest in peace, Brent Urban, our buddy, friend of the show. Hopefully, uh, hopefully we won't miss him too bad. But uh, we want to thank you guys for listening so much. We'll be back next week. Talk a little bit more football. Hopefully, talking about a win. And like we hope, we we hope he gets back and gets healthy. I mean, you didn't say anything. You just glossed over that. You're like, oh hey, rip. <laughs> Yeah, no, he's good. I, I talk to his wife all the time on Twitter. She's uh, she's turned into a friend of mine. Her and my wife are like, they came from the same place. So we got a lot of, a lot in common. So she's a, uh, let's just say I had, I had the, I had the scoop a couple days ago, but I, you know, I'm not pulling an Adam Schefter and, and beating everybody to the punch. Um, but hope he gets back to normal. And Again, he's he's kind of guy we'd maybe like to see resigned if the market's not over overbearing. Get him back on a cheap deal. Defense tackle rooms young. So, but let's be talking about a win next week. We've been we've been so negative, so disappointed last few podcasts. So we want to come back next week, be talking about going into Washington and beating the crap out of a Washington football team. We'll be back next week on the Talking Star podcast. Thanks so much for listening. We are Talking Star.
Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting Fundrise.com slash Fox. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at Fundrise.com slash flagship. This is a paid advertisement.